Hello friends, welcome to Deep Flow Wednesday. Come sit with me, middle of the mat, or whatever you might be sitting upon. Middle of your room, middle of the carpet. Just make sure you got some cushion, because we want to be able to sit comfortably. If seated in cross-legged works, please start there. Cross like it doesn't feel comfortable for your knees, consider getting used to it by propping up on a, a pillow or a block or something along these lines. That's still not a comfortable option. Consider seated on the heels or even any other seated position that you can feel comfortable in. Okay? A reminder to everyone, and especially newcomers, that uh, this is not about flexibility. Um, try to let go of all the preconceived notions you've had about what yoga is. <clears throat> yoga is a very, yoga is not even necessarily an Indian thing from India, even though that's obviously where the word comes from and that's where the tradition comes from, which I honor and respect so fully. Um, but, but we can't think of it as, as any kind of particular ethnicity or, or um, religion or anything like that. We've got to go to really understand yoga. We have to understand yoga. And it's, of course, not an exercise. Main point, not an exercise, not about stretching, not about getting flexible, all these preconceived notions. I have people say to me all the time, oh, I'd love to do yoga, but it's too hard for me. I, I, I'm not flexible. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that over the years. Why? Because that's the impression we get. Yoga is doing postures. And if you're going to do postures, you got to be flexible. And if you're not flexible, why bother? It's, it's torture. Yoga is torture. <laughs> so let go of all of those preconceived notions. Yoga is something so much deeper than any exercise or religion or ideology. Yoga is <clears throat> actually, you're already a yogi. You just don't know it. <laughs> uh, we all have a, a, an innate intelligence in us that it's marked by its simplicity actually not its complexity but its simplicity that is available to us you can call it you can think of it almost as an intuitive intelligence or a knowing a direct knowing you may have had experiences in your life of being in the zone where you're doing without trying effortless being doing um, that's touching yoga you may have had moments when you were dancing snowboarding, uh, you know, on a walk, beautiful sunset, making love, whatever it might be where you just cross into the zone. Well, that's an intelligence. And because we're so used to the mind in a certain orientation as like a noisy version of the mind, um, a mind that makes you, you feel cluttered in your thoughts and confused and, and we're used to that and we clump that all that version of, of thinking and thought and mind into mind, thought. So what, what's the message we get? If you're going to meditate, or if you're going to do yoga, you have to stop thinking. And this is, this is not a competent way of teaching yoga. Because it just messes people up even more. Like, I can't stop thinking. No, you're not supposed to stop thinking. You're supposed to upgrade your thinking. Okay, that's what we're doing today. That's the med he main headline of it. And the beautiful thing is, it's not, instead of focusing on the body, it's it has everything to do with your body and your feelings and your experience. So we want to really, I want to remind you, do not separate mind and thought from body and feeling, okay? The, there is a place of higher mind, higher consciousness, yoga consciousness, which you have access to, 
I even hesitate to use the word higher because that can make it sound like it's up there or out of reach. No, it's closer. It's a closer intelligence. It's a closer mind. It's a more peaceful mind. It's home. And it's the mind that we've gotten used to and the mind and the minding, the version of mind that is demanded of us in our hectic, frantic culture, which is what? Always on the move. Why? To always get there. Why? Because there, whatever the there is, we have it in our minds, whether it's to make more money or become more successful or find a partner or, you know, find your soulmate, uh, you know, get flexible, become, become good at yoga, become good at meditation. Think of any kind of goal that displaces what you want into the future. And then, okay, now I got to get there. I got to get from where I am now, which is not where I want to be. And I got to go through these steps to get there. So teacher, tell me what I got to do. I'll do it. Okay. Just, just make it nice and simple. Give me the bullet points and I'll do it. Okay. If that's the mind frame we're in, we can't do yoga. We won't because we're literally using the kind of consciousness that is constantly running interference against accessing that blissful place of the zone where doing is effortless. Your, your mind and your body unite in this ever-renewing, ever-unfolding exploration and dance. That's what this unum yoga approach is, is, is precisely to break those cycles of that are so deeply ingrained in us of get there get there get there do 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 and then mechanicalizing everything we mechanicalize the body your body is not a machine don't mechanize it and don't think in a mechanic way we have to break the mechanic mind that's the kind of mind we got to let go of but that's the real mind the real mind is when we've left the mechanical mind the chop chop mind the compartmentalizing mind which you do automatically, I promise you. You do it all day long. We all do. It takes, it takes continued practice and, and awareness and remembering to not use mechanical mind. Okay? So that's, I just want to always bring you back to the, to the reorientation that Unum Yoga is, is bringing so that we don't slip into those default patterns right off the bat. Having said all of that, what are we gonna, why, why are we on a mat? Because there's something really beautiful about, about via the body, via the movement and exploration, feeling and breathing, that we can actually not only upgrade the mind, but upgrade the body. It goes hand in hand. That's what we're practicing. So get excited. And it's not an effort thing, okay? So we're not efforting our way through this. It's actually a, a, a letting go of effort. Wednesday class has proven to be the day to really go chill. So I want you to embrace the chill factor. <laughs> okay, we're going to really calm down, really get comfortable with being still, really land right where we are, and f experience the abundance that's available to us experientially right now the reason we're missing it is because we've gotten so desensitized and so used to being on the move so let's resensitize what's going on right now simple we're just sitting here you're obviously hearing my voice you're seeing there's light in the room be it natural light coming in through the windows or light from the lights there's light there's gravity gravity is one of my favorite things to, to tune into all of these things were already here, but we're actualizing them now. We're making them real by becoming aware that they're, 
they're going on. Gravity. Can you feel? How do you feel something you've never not felt? We've never not been in gravity unless you're an astronaut. So how do we denormalize or resensitize to gravity? Well, just feel the, feel the weight of your body against the floor. You know, the pressure points, the contact points, and the kind of pressure against the floor. Feel your arms as they hang at your side. Feel the, feel the, the overall really sweet and gentle pull of the earth. Gravity is not grave. Gravity is love. Feel that love of the earth just holding us consistently, unwaveringly. Ah, <sighs> thank you to gravity. Wow. Can you imagine if there was no gravity, we'd all be kind of <laughs> floating floating all over the place and, and sweating bullets trying to ground ourselves. We take gravity for granted, so let's not. Let's feel the earth. That's good. That's that we just actualized a huge aspect of our felt experience. Good. And then perhaps my all-time favorite, the breath. The breath. It's been happening this whole time. In fact, it never stopped for very long, if ever, since you were born. Fathom that for a moment. And how many of those breaths you've taken since you were born were you conscious of? Were you feeling? Were you participating in? So let's denormalize, resensitize to the breath. Not by changing it, not by manipulating it, just by feeling it. It's already happening. You don't have to do anything. Good. I'm really asking you right now to just, while, while loosely holding you know, gravity, light, all these other things we're kind of tuned into, focus on the breath right now and just, Wow. Air? Are you kidding me? Air is coming in through my nose, through my mouth, and filling, and somehow that's turning into life, light, energy. Wow. Can you feel that? Can you feel the, the, the life force that you're getting from that inhale? <sighs> Good. Notice the distinct quality of the breath flooding in the absorption and energizing that comes from it. It's very sweet, very gentle, but very, very much there. You know, light coming into the body. That's how I like to describe it. It's like light. If you kind of close your eyes and just feel the breath. Wow, that's prana. That's life force. That's chi. Thank goodness for that. Exhale has its own beautiful quality, though. Exhale just as beautiful as the inhale, yet so different. When we exhale, it's like, oh, you're not just emptying your lungs. You're breathing out into the world around you. So the breath symbolizes the reminder. I shouldn't say symbolizes, but embodies the reminder that we are not atomic separate objects in the world. We're not cut off. We're not separated. We couldn't be, because if we were actually what, the way we think we are, as separate units, we couldn't sustain. The breath is the, the most obvious reminder in, in that sense that, wow, if, if for whatever reason you couldn't merge with the outside world through the breath, you would be done for. So breath is more than just oxygen supply. Let's go beyond the mechanics and really recognize breath is, in a way, communion with all around us. The I, you, 
and the thou, the other, the infinite other all around us, and even our body. Our body is, has a, an otherness quality to it. So breath, to, to participate in the breath is to, is to befriend, and I, and I speak in no hyperbole when I say the entire universe, <laughs> the entirety of everything, to befriend the infinite. Imagine that. You don't have to. Just breathe, feel it. Good. So we could easily balloon our lungs with more air and not do what I'm talking about right now, which is to actually merge with everything. So we don't want to just fill our lungs and empty our lungs. That's too, that's too lifeless. We want to really merge with the breath, both inhale and exhale. Imagine that your exhales is the infinite's inhale and the infinite's Exhale is your inhale. Start to feel that blending of the inner and the outer, right? And start to feel the blending of the, of the breath itself. So inhale does not, is not separate from exhale. Watch it inhale. Watch it kind of peak. Yes, it reaches a, a supreme still point. So wonderful at the top of the inhale. And then it just rounds seamlessly into an exhale. Same thing at the bottom of the exhale, that beautiful still point. Inhale. But those are not severances. There's not a severance between the inhale and exhale, but there is a, there's a, uh, a beautiful union. Okay, So this is how everything in the universe works. It's like everything is, is othering itself. The inhale others the exhale. The up others the down. The inner the outer. But they're not separate. The unyogic mind wants to divide and separate and compartmentalize. But that's not what it means to be an individual. To be an individual is actually to be blended with everything ironically so whether you are unique you are different you are your own person your own being but not separate that's what we're going to practice every movement every breath is going to be with this remembrance that we're think of it like you're healing you're healing that wound like we all at along our life of being incarnated and growing up as kids and learning the the ropes of society and getting that feeling of separateness. It's almost like a long drawn out wounding. Like it's like you're going through a divorce <laughs> through your growing up. Your growing up process is like a divorce from, from everything around us. And then we get normalized to that and we don't even realize that we feel separate, but we live that way. And all of our desires and everything we're trying to seek is coming from that, that sense of incompleteness. Why? Not because you're actually incomplete, but because you bought into a faulty thought form that told you, and in practice, has, has actually, you've actually instilled and embodied in practice with everyone around us to instill the sense of separation. So we don't just snap our fingers and go, oh, yes, we're all one. <laughs> you don't just say it. You've got to, we've got to rehab ourselves. And we don't do it just with the body, forget the mind. No, it's mind-body. This is a mind-body rehab, and it's happening right now. Don't feel like, hey, Nathan, when are we going to start the yoga? It's begun a long time ago. <laughs> it's happening right now. We're yogifying our consciousness right now. If you're listening, if you're following, you're getting yogified, okay? So stay with me. No more waiting. Stop waiting. Stop anticipating. Those are forms of anxiety and stress, even subtle. Let go of any kind of waiting. I, I invite you to truly surrender to like, what if we just sat here, just, just like this, and just felt our breath the whole time? <sighs> if that sounds boring, or if that sounds like, uh, like a, a real drawn-out task, then you still don't understand what you're feeling right now. You still haven't discovered. So that's the, that's the most important thing right now. Rediscover right now what you desensitize to. 
which is the ultimately satisfying, blissful, pleasurable sensation experience of just being right now. It's like all of our attention has just gotten spread out, spread out so thin over all these things we got to do and all these plans and we're spread out. I'm asking you to gather all that spread out energy right now. Bring it back home. And the more you do that, the more heightened your now experience becomes. So we're in a gathering. We're in a, a landing. We're in a letting go. So there's a letting go that comes with gathering your energy. Why? Because you got to let go of trying to get there. You got to let go of this deeply ingrained idea that this moment we're living now is a means to some future moment. That's what keeps on displacing our bliss. So we're drawing back our attention, gathering our attention. The way a, a magnifying glass can focus the sunlight into a hot burning point. Once you use your mind-nifying glass to gather your attention, draw it in, and when you feel those feelings of impatience or anticipation or the feel that, that impulse to go forward, recognize it. Don't let it take you. Recognize it. Oh, yeah, there it is again. And every time you do that, you're back home. And that's where we're rehabbing ourselves right now. So the challenge of Wednesday, ironically, in all of its gentleness is the challenge, a major challenge. It actually takes courage to say, no, I shall no longer serve that impulse to get there anymore. I am no longer going to live under the tyranny of impatience that is actually born of its own making that's going to keep robbing me from my, from my bliss now. No. So that's what, that's what today's practice is, to say no again and again and again. Keep coming back. So we got gravity. We've got breath. We've got the air all around us. You can feel it on your skin. You've got the light. And even if your eyelids are dropped, as mine are right now, you can still notice that you can still see light through your eyelids. You can hear the sounds. You can feel the temperature. Now that we've resensitized, we can really start to explore the body since we're so, since the moment now is so booming with sensation. We're not even doing anything. We just turned on the lights of our awareness. Now we're, that we're so aware of what we're feeling, we don't have to do as much. We just do the littlest things and there'll just be so much vibration and information in, in, in each sensation. So let's go ahead and just activate the spine ever so gently simply by turning to your left just a little bit. The hands, I find best place to let them go is just land to either side of that left leg in this case. And you're very loosely turning to that direction, the same direction your knee is pointing, or if you're not in cross-legged, just turn to your left. And what we're, what we're attempting to do here is not a muscly stretch kind of twist where you can really, you can do that easily. That's, that's easy stuff. What I'm asking you to do is to actually try not to let it get too stretchy. Try to, try to, Turn your spine so that it serves not as a stretch, but as a way into the very fluid of your spine. I want you to feel, imagine it and feel it like zero in and, and consider that if you push too hard, it, you, you get superficial again. If you, you got to find just enough rotation to get in there without going superficial into the tissues. You want to stay in the fluid of the spine. I call it an energy twist. And I want you to just turn your head a little bit to accentuate that. 
And remember to feel the earth beneath you. Even picturing the, the, the core of the earth and your connection to the earth. Feel beyond the ceiling and the spaciousness of the sky. We want to learn how to feel around us, beyond just our immediate sphere, even as we go deep inside the body. And breathe with me. Good, ever so sweetly, starting to leave the left side. Feel all the, the, the fine textures of this motion as you turn to face your right leg. I like to imagine being very big. So when you, if you imagine that you're just huge, like be 100 feet tall here as you sit. And, and then so your movements, what does that do? It makes you feel like your movements are bigger which also makes you feel aware of so much more of the what would otherwise be small, undetectable sensations now become highly detectable. That's what I want you to practice right now. Detect the subtle sensations, and these are the sensations that everyone is missing in their frantic performance in yoga. They're trying to prove that they can do this pose or do that pose and look cool or look look skilled or whatever it is that they're trying to feed this ego because they think it's going to make them feel better. Meanwhile, they're, <laughs> they're missing the best part, what we're doing right now, by letting go of all that performance vanity stuff and just right into the actual visceral, textural sensations that we're getting to touch right now as we turn to the right and, and just feel into the think of your spine not as you know whatever an inch across however it is in diameter physically if we got a ruler i want you to experience it like the nile river or the ganges just (laughs) feel your spine like a massive rushing river and just as the wind can kick up waves on the on any body of water let your breath kick up waves on your spinal river I I just love that because it allows us right off the starting gates to just go right to the deepest place we can touch right into the depths of the depths of the feeling body because think about it everything you feel sensation-wise, so your body is passing through this central nerve, you know, in, the, in the, that, that mind-body communication network, right? So your spine is like the trunk of the tree. Everything that you feel travels there. Can you feel the feeling body itself? Let's gently come back to the middle. Since we have been in the seated for a while, let's go ahead and just lean back onto the hands as we tend to do... Uh, after the, the initial opening forms, we like to let the legs slow motion unpack from the seated position. So you're basically just straightening the legs, but doing it very consciously. Everything today, it's permission to slow down and really feel it. Good. So this is a nice sensation when the legs uh, lengthen out in front of us. I like to take this moment to just reach the heels, reach the toes as you're leaning back on the hands and and imbue your legs with awareness. Again, your legs are always there. How often do you just feel them with all your mind? Just let it be all about your legs right now. 
wiggle your toes, wiggle your feet, flex your legs, anything that helps you to sort of tune in. I like to bring in sort of thought experiments to help us heighten our awareness and one that I imagine. Imagine uh, a losing the movement and feeling in your legs as many people have had to live through and experience. And, and, and often with the, the uh, reality they have to face that they will not be able to move their legs again. You know? And they have to watch the rest of us walking around and taking it for granted. So I want to ask you to imagine what would you, how would it feel for you if you lost the feeling and movement of your legs, but by some miracle you were able to gain that back. Now you can feel your legs again. You can feel what you had lost. And it's a miracle. Now, how would it feel like if you could, if you weren't able to wiggle your toes and now you can, can you imagine how thrilled you would be to just feel your legs? You wouldn't need to do any fancy poses and just, just to be able to move your feet. You'd probably just sit around for hours and just do this, right? So what does this show us? That shifting the mindset, bringing in some context, breaking out of our normalized, take-it-for-granted space, we, we can start to heighten our ability to feel. Okay, that's huge, huge uh, proof of the mind-body. I don't want to say connection because they're not connected because they were never separated. Mind is body, body is mind. Good. So now that we're really in those legs, let's give a little more pressure. If you're leaning back on your hands, notice you can recline. If you remove the hands, you've got to come forward. And in that coming forward, there is immediately an introduction of lengthening into the backs of the legs. You can feel that. And we just want to just sit up to a, to a vertical position. Sometimes I let my knees float up a little bit to really ensure that I'm not allowing even the slightest bit of of overstretch sensation. You know, any kind of tugging or pushing against is too much. All we want is just a very light effervescent uh, sensation to appear as a sensation that you could call stretch, but stretch sounds too, again, mechanical and, and, and like you stretch a rubber band. You know what I mean? Like you stretch inanimate objects. Don't stretch your legs like a rubber band. Don't stretch your tissues like a rubber band. It's more like peering into a mirror. And you don't want to bend the mirror. You just want to look deeper into the mirror. So what we're doing by just sitting up, and then maybe you might notice as, just as a natural progression, and we're all different levels of, of uh, you know, flexibility in that sense, wherever your level of flexibility is perfect, we're just going to find a nice degree of forward tilt, if at all, to start to say hello. Really honor your body by not barging in and, and, and imposing the posture. You're making an offering. Each posture is like an offering. You're saying, here, body, how do you, how do you feel about this? <laughs> Instead of, shut up, body, here's the pose, do it, you know, which is kind of the default for so many of us. Just make an offering to the backs of the legs and see what your body has to say about it. <clears throat> Don't judge him, her as, as uh, having anything other than the correct answer. Whatever your body says is correct. Listen. If it says, ow, too much, just back off, even a millimeter or less. You know, it's amazing how much you can adjust in just a tiny, tiny bit of movement. So that's what we're going to do for the next little while. Um, I'm going to 
Go silent here, but try to keep that going with me as you remain aware of your breath, gravity, sky, earth, and this continuing rehab process of healing from your divorce with the infinite. If it feels like a natural progression to invite it into the back, this is a huge addition. Do it very cautiously, carefully to not overwhelm. But all you got to do is sort of round into it. It might even look like a slouch. That's okay because you're not slouching if it's intentional lengthening on the backside. So just stay with the backside now. Breathe and try not to do anything about the sensations. Just maintain presence with the sensations and keep caressing with that breath. And if ever you start to feel stiff, rigid, or fixed, just bring in a little bit of swaying motion, a little left tilt, a little right tilt. And what that does is it softens any sense of, of, of the posture being like a container that you're forcing your body into. When you bring in that fluid motion, it's a very easy way to break out of that and just feel, oh, okay, I'm not in the posture. The posture is in me. And the, one of the most overlooked aspects of a yoga practice is the movement out of a pose. Why? Because we're already thinking about the next pose and trying to get there, right? So let's not even think about the next pose. Let's just feel the movement out of this one by coming back up to an upright and eventually back to the hands while fully aware of the sensation in, the back of your, in your back, but also your legs as there's this sort of sweet elasticizing back to a, a, it's an original place that the that the natural, neutral um, orientation for the tissues of the backs of your legs, only now it feels different than before we went in. And I want you to try to detect that difference. I experience it as a kind of airiness and openness accompanied by a sort of subtle tingle and buzz in the tissues. Very pleasant, very nice. You know something just happened in your legs and in your back. And this is the part that you know, I think it really, the, the benefits last for us so much more when we take the moment to appreciate the effects, right? The aftertaste of the pose. Whereas if we already start to, we've, we started to slam the body with some new sensation, we'd be missing this right now. So today is really giving ourselves some time to, each posture is like you ring a bell and then you just let it ring before ringing another. Let the sound vibrations start to subside from that previous form, that previous note. And you'll notice that oftentimes in the practice, I like to answer one sensation, one form with a nice contrasting one. So th that was all lengthening of the backside. Now what we want to do is do a nice squeezing, a, a contracting in a non-tense way of the backside. So the hands are already in the right place. You might want to just consider the angle of your, of your hands, the traditional Purvottanasana 
is uh, fingers forward strictly. Uh, and that does a really cool opening for the bottom of the wrists. However, there is no strictly in my class. So adjust your, your hands to feel good for your wrists. Those of you new to this pose, consider flattening the feet first. <clears throat> Straight legs is going to have more of a heated quality to it. Both, however, have the same levity. Now, this is important. When you leave the ground, how you're thinking about that action has everything to do with the effect. So we don't want to think of it as a lift or a hauling of your weight away from the earth. You know, we want to think of it more as like a floating, like almost like if, you, if your body was like the fabric of a hot air balloon, it was just getting inflated, like there's just hot air beneath you, and it's just drawing you up. Again, straight legs or bent legs were just the same quality of effortless rising. And your mental attitude has everything to do with the experienced sensation and ability. So the more levity your narrative has, the more levity your body has. Imagine that. So don't lift. Float. Rise. Levitate. Whatever you want to call it. Breathe. This is giving us a nice dose of heat. I want you to feel the shortening, squeezing, massage-like quality of the flexion. Not the work. Not the exercise. Don't think of it in those terms this time. Think of it as a pleasure sensation, another flavor to enjoy and breathe like it's the best thing that ever happened. Good. And we rang that bell. Let's slowly and with awareness come back to the seat. If your feet are not already flat, flatten them, knees bent. Hands can leave the floor or stay where they are. I favor letting the hands leave the floor and gently wrapping the legs. This allows us to just let the vibrations of that ring. Good. You know when they say it's, it was so silent you could hear a pin drop. There is a deep principle in that. It's because of the silence that we can detect a sound with such fine-tuned definition as a pin drop. Why? Because of the silence. The silence is like the space of clarity. It's like if you're, if you're looking at a surface of a pond and it's raining, it's like chaos, right? But if it's just still and one drop falls, you can see the waves just moving. So we're thinking of our postures. Each posture is like another droplet in this profound pond of stillness, awareness. Let the ripples ripple through your awareness. Good. Our next droplet in the pond is going to be another engaging sort of posture. When I say engaging, I mean like a more of a... I, I'm trying to steer away from words like flex because that can sound too effortful. But there's an engaging of the tummy muscles, the core there, that area of the body, simply by letting the arms leave the legs and reclining a little bit. So you may, you may be able to do 100 sit-ups and you've got super awesome core strength and you could go into this full boat pose thing. I don't care about that today. I'm going to do that on Saturday. <laughs> today, I want you to do the, a very gentle one, just enough. 
Because why? Because now that the, the tummy is engaged, you can feel the core engaged, but you're, you're not really trying. It's not, it's not about, you know, oh, how long can I hold this? You can hold it as long as you want, right? So what does that allow us? It allows us a little more uh, freedom to fine-tune it, to really palpate it. And palpate is a term that's often used in massage, to palpate into someone's tissues to find where the knots are and the tense spots, right? That's called pal palpating. Well, we're mind-palpating now with the body and with movement. So I want you to palpate your core. Just turn to the left a little bit, turn to the right a little bit, lean forward a little bit, lean back a little bit. Tilt the pelvis forward. Let the pelvis recline back. Just explore the motions and, and really palpate this, as, not as muscles flexing, but as energy gathering. With, say, about the, the, the navel, the belly button, you can think of it as almost like the center of gravity. In a literal sense, like everything, just like the center of the planet, everything on the surface of the planet is pulled to the same direction. What? The center. So think of, if you're your own planet, your, your belly button is like the center of your planet. Now, if you want to, at this point, increase your gravitational pull, so to speak, just lean back a little bit. Maybe even let the feet get a little lighter. Maybe maybe even the feet leave the floor. That's, that's just sort of depends on each one of our personal experience. But what the, the guiding principle of this is to increase your gravitational pull, which is to say the intensity level of this gathering of energy, just to the point that feels delicious. Just, it's, it's there but you can breathe and we can practice enjoying it rather than enduring it. If you feel like you have to endure it, it's too much. Ease off. Find that just enough. Good. As we maintain that fluidity, we're getting stronger here. Yes, physically we're getting stronger. Sure. But what's really getting stronger is our focus, our ability to focus, our ability to stay present and not get ahead of ourselves. Our ability to enjoy is getting stronger. Imagine that. Good. If your feet have left the ground, let them return. And let all of us just let the arms come back to home base around the legs where they loosely create a container so that you can relax. Let that bell ring. Let those ripples ripple. And in contrast to that, I love, I love these two postures one after the other because they just they answer each other so nicely. We're going to just cross the ankles on the way to placing the hands at the front corners of the mat, taking everything a little extra slow today. Just let the legs go out behind you. And as gracefully as you can, sit yourself down onto your elbows. And as the last leg of that motion is to set the, the upper legs and pelvis lower tummy down to the ground, I want you to do that with a lot of awareness because something's happening there that's very important. That's entering the pose of lengthening all of that area that was just squeezing, contracting. And it's so nice to feel that now in contrast, the spine, the deep abdomen, the pelvic bowl, all of that in there as you simply rest upon your elbows. That's it. That's it. As easy as it gets and yet no less deep 
perhaps even way more deep than we get to go sometimes. I invite you to close your eyes, uh, just remembering that there is, there is some quite a bit of room for adjustment here. Notice that if I, if I go completely lazy, the shoulders sort of come up, and in effect, I go a little bit less of a curvature in the back, a little closer to the ground. But you can stay pretty relaxed and just apply some downward pressure through the elbows, which makes the shoulders drop, which of course increases the curve. So there's that, that may be by measuring it like a three to four inch adjustment, but it's huge. I want you to start to think of an inch as a mile. And, and again, what's the guiding principle? It's not the shape. It's not the appearance. It's the experience. The, the, the sensation, information, the, the communication that you're getting from your body. So if you press down and you go into a deeper curve, if there's anything in there that says, hey, yeah, it feels like too much, then just back off. Close your eyes, deeply breathe, perfectly still. If you keep your eyes fixated on a sunset, it's very hard to detect in real time the colors changing in the, the reflection on the clouds and, and all of that. But if you turn away for a minute, or even less, and then look again, you'll notice, wow, the colors changed a lot. So what's the lesson in that? The body is like this. When we're working with the tissues, we've got to stop looking for these instantaneous shifts got to understand it's more like a sunset or a sunrise. So right now, this just since we've been here, the colors have changed quite a bit, so to speak, in your, in your abdomen, in your belly. Tissues have opened. Things are adjusting. Big stuff's happening. But it, it may not seem like it to our normal orientation of everyday consciousness. You have to learn how to see it. You have to learn how to sense it. And it's not hard. You just remember that changes are happening. Don't let your mind wander off or start to think about, okay, what time is it and all that stuff. Anytime that happens, come right back here. All that means is that you forgot how much you're feeling right now and how fascinating it is. So come back to the fascinating sensations that are abundant right here. Stay with it. Breathe. And know that good things are happening. If you're feeling your body, you're healing your body. Good. Before we exit from this one, I like to take this opportunity to learn the, the, the lazy rock, which is, is basically you're getting sort of a natural frequency, finding your body's natural frequency of rock, left to right. So you can just kind of get it going. But you want it to feel almost like someone else were doing it. Like you're, you're, you're remaining completely relaxed. Let your hips kind of swivel left and right, left and right. Kind of get the natural frequency so it almost self-perpetuates. But you stay really relaxed. And this is important because... You want to stay relaxed. Well, if you can picture the, the pelvis is doing this, this sort of seesaw tip, imagine that going into the lower lumbar and up into the spine and, and, and helping to soften a lot of the hardening that goes on there. And when we, when we get the spine more supple and fluid, the energy and the life force can flow through our body with so much more fullness. So this is a very medicinal motion, to put it that way. Yeah. <sighs>
all of our sitting, there's a lot of sitting that we, we experience, you know, at, a, at our computers or what, what have you, in our cars. And there's a kind of compression that takes place over time in those lower back, lower abdominal, deep pelvic muscles. The psoas is one of the most um, deep, if not the deepest abdominal it connects all the way to the inner thighs, and there's a lot there. So I like to I like to bring in the awareness the uh, awareness of the anatomy, not to get fixated on on body parts, of course, because we're moving away from that, but to help us zero in and understand. Wow, there's there's some deep tissues we're we're accessing here. Good. Now come back to stillness. I just feel that for a second, perfectly still. We've just done a lot, and we've been here for a while, so we do not want to jolt our tissues in any way. You want to be extra loving here in the sense that you're, you're going to very carefully start to pick up everything from your knees up again, meaning your pelvis and upper legs and lower belly, just to where you're on the knees and elbows at the same time. It suddenly becomes a much more active pose. Why? Because in order to stay off the ground, that whole midsection, you can feel it engage. And it's a, it should be a really wonderful sensation. It's in the back to, to a degree, in the sides, and very much in the front there. And you just feel that. And I want you to try to let that, that flexion be there, but stay completely relaxed. Soft face, deep breath, and even a smile if you dare. Good. Those of you who are like, all right, I, I'm, I'm loving this. I want a little more heat. Kind of hungry for that heat. Go from the knees to the toes. It's basically the same pose. You're just bringing the knees off the ground. And that turns up the heat factor quite a bit. I really like that personally. And remember, you always have fluidity, freedom of movement. So you never feel like you're in a stiff, ossified posture. You always feel the aliveness and the availability of free movement. That's very important. Even if you're not moving, you want to know it's there. That spaciousness. <sighs> Good. Now, our next answer to that cobra-like pose where we were um, swaying the hips, we're going to just start to let the knees return to the ground, and you can stay close to the ground and on your elbows, or you can go up to the hands at any point. Now, this is important. seems like a like what, what what's the big deal here? Just sitting back on the heels. No, it's a huge big deal. If you slow it down, sitting towards the heels, considering the compression that was there on the low back, this motion, this last foot of motion of sitting down towards the heels is when all of that decompresses and opens up and it feels so good and you shouldn't miss it. And you're sitting there on your heels. And in, in a normal child's pose, we kind of just let the face go to the floor. But this is a slightly um, modified child's pose that focuses even more on opening that low back in a way that includes the core, which is super awesome. And all you got to do is bring your face towards that crease between your two legs. So imagine your face does not actually have to go in there at all. You could be, you know, a foot and a half away or whatever. It doesn't matter. But it's the direction that, that creates the curve and the engaging of the tummy. You can even accentuate it a little bit by getting the hands on the mat in front of you and adding just a little bit of forward pressure as though to reach into the back with a little more vigor and of course the breath just assume that the breath is always there to help us metabolize all of this as we go meaning integrate it mm. 
Now, for those of you who might be a little bit more bendy, you may want to just try the next progression of this, which is actually to reach the hands to the heels. I'll turn around so you can see. Just taking the heels of the hands like that. And then for the head, dropping down towards the ground. It doesn't, you don't have to get your face on the knees, but again, moving. There goes my earbud. My earbud always leaves at least once. <laughs> Crown of the head goes to the ground. The, the sacrum starts to float up. And holding on to the heels, it just kind of creates a sort of container, again, to accentuate that roundedness of the low back, which you do not want to overkill. Don't overkill. Just accentuate. It should always be pleasure-based in the sense of, you know, you're, if it doesn't feel good, then something's not right. You're pushing too hard. You're forcing something. And, and also not just avoiding pain, but increasing pleasure. What does it mean to, to enjoy something? Is, is enjoyment uh, determined by some external factor? Or are we completely complicit, so to speak, in increasing the enjoyment factor? And obviously it's the latter. We must, we must, be, we must participate in enjoyment Breathe, smile, celebrate, appreciate. Good. Setting it back down. Very nice. Let that buzz and tingle in a natural, neutral child's pose. Oh, hallelujah. Good. Now to answer that, we want to unpack the, the backs of the legs again. So... The last time we did this was in the seated forward fold, but this time we're doing it via downward dog, which I call pyramid pose. I like calling it pyramid pose because it captures the, the essence of the geometry of it. The, basically what's happening is we're turning those toes under, the knees leave the ground, as always in slow motion, extra slow motion today, as we detect all that sensation of the opening, unpacking of not only the backs of the knees, which have kind of been compressed and squeezed for the last little while, but also the backs of the ankles, the whole calves, hamstrings, all that area of the backs of the legs. So I want you to almost think of, of pyramid pose as a forward fold, in effect, because if we're in a forward fold, right, we're just folding over the legs. But what being on the hands allows us to have a forward fold that's less intense again. So it allows us to have more freedom and more control in, in terms of the intensity factors. So notice, let's look at what some of the things we can do here in Downward Dog. Obviously, first and foremost, hand and feet placement. Traditionally, feet about hip distance apart, hands about shoulder distance apart, and a distance to where, uh, you know, you can just kind of relax on the shoulders, let the head dangle. And traditionally, the heels would go to the floor, legs straight, all that kind of stuff. I like to say, let the knees bend, let the heels be off the floor, at least at first, to just get comfortable everywhere else, especially in the arms, which is almost like a handstand in this sense, like an angled handstand in that you're just letting the shoulders relax and the head dangle and just relying on the bones of the arms. But you can also do all kinds of stuff here. So if we walk the hands a little further forward, just to give ourselves a sense of the, of the, the vicinity, all the places we can go, increase distance between the hands and the feet, and that's going to create a very unique variation in terms of the, the full body experience. So just kind of take a snapshot of that for me in your mind, and then take oh, the other direction and shorten the distance between the hands and the feet. Walk them back, bend the knees as needed, and feel like a more compact base, perhaps even more like a square rather than a rectangle. 
and feel that. Good. Home base is somewhere in between those two. But then not only the distance between the hands and the feet, but the distance between the hands themselves. Just let them go wider than the mat for a second. We're changing the geometry of your pyramid. So if like uh, for there's four corners, four sides to this pyramid, you can change the shape of the base. And that changes the sensation, the energy. But if we bring the hands right next to each other, or even one on top of the other, same with, and they go wider with the legs. Good. All of this is within the realm of pyramid pose. Mm, uh, otherwise known as downward dog 2.0, I like to call it. And you can also bring the feet all the way together. You can bend the knees, bend the arms. Now, being on your hands and feet for this long may call for a little break. Since we're taking it extra gentle today, let's go ahead and retreat down to a, a downward dog. That was not just an exploration. That was medicine. So we want to let that ring in the stillness. Child's pose is a great place to gather. Also, in child's pose, to bring in that lazy rock effect. That can always be nice. And if you're in a child's pose, your legs are uh, be between the, the floor and your torso sort of sandwiched there. So when you rock side to side, where does the swivel go? You can feel it deep in those hips. It's a good, good um, opportunity to help soften any, um, you know, tension, stiffness, things that build up that can happen in the deep hips. And, and there can be an emotional quality to that, by the way, guys. Our bodies are like storage houses for our history, for our lives, for our things we've experienced, things we didn't even know we were holding in our tissues. You might have heard of issues in your tissues. Well, there's really some something to that. Uh, so when we, when we explore like this, always do it with the sort of the, the awareness of the preciousness of your of your of your body and you're not again you're not manipulating your body you're not strong arming your body you're always going with that respect like like you could open something up really really deep that's a very important attitude to maintain here let's emerge once again back into our pyramid pose take your time feel the process and when you arrive in your pyramid pose, just take the next little while to explore. If you find a sweet spot and you're just like, oh, I like it right here. I'm just going to stay here still and breathe. That is great. And if you want to move, move. I, I meant to mention, by the way, look how much you can bend your knees from downward dog, straight legs to bent legs. And then it turns into what I call pounce asana. It's like you're getting ready to pounce. So you're, you've got that quality to this pose. <sighs> Good. We have this uh, this attitude in our culture. Uh, I'm sure it's in some version of it in every nation, but certainly in America, this kind of no pain, no gain. Like if it isn't difficult, then it's not valuable. Like if it doesn't hurt, if it's not, you know, <laughs> doesn't make you wish it was over, then you're not gaining anything. The no pain, no gain BS. I want you to really, we all have it instilled in us. You might not even realize it. But what that does is if we're, if we're having a gentle, mellow, and quote-unquote easy experience, we could unconsciously be uh, agreeing that, oh, well, I guess not a lot is happening. Guess again. 
Actually, more is happening right now for us in this gentle exploration. You're just going to have to trust me on that in the meantime, and you'll you'll discover it for yourself. We're going to start to shorten the distance between the hands and the feet via walking the hands backwards until eventually you'll notice as the hands get closer to the feet, what's happening physics-wise, more of your weight is getting transferred to the legs until eventually you're like, oh, I don't need my hands anymore. And And for most of us, I would suggest just letting the knees bend again to ensure that we're not over taxing the backs of the legs so that we can just master the dangle meaning everything from the waist up we want to learn how to just trust enough to let it go let the weight of the head help to elongate and decompress the cervical spine up top the thoracic spine in the middle and even lumbar can be affected by the weight the gentle pull of the head surrender to gravity and then the arms can also serve that purpose as well and when we take uh, hands to opposite elbows perhaps or anything like that just let gravity do the work Breathe with me. I like to bring in visuals to accompany the breath, such as inhaling the air as if from the earth up the legs and exhaling it through the torso, out the crown of the head and the arms into the earth again, sort of creating a cycle of exchanging breath. Good. So it's like the, the air is passing through us and cleaning us out on the way. Good. Now, what, what kind of freedom do we have here? Well, like I said, straighter legs. Bent or bent, more bent legs. Get that feeling. Kind of go between the two a couple times. Feel what that's like. All right, cool. We got that. That's pretty obvious. Find a nice orientation to your knees that feels like not too much, not too little. Then, of course, the obvious. Come up more. Go down more by way of, of tilting the pelvis, rounding the back, that whole thing. But then there's some more subtle ones that if you give yourself freedom to explore, you'll start to go, wow, there's so much you can do here. Let's just go to the next obvious one, at least to me, is to swing towards the right leg. Just still dangling. You're just swaying over to the other leg, emphasizing one leg more than the other. Notice the changes. It's actually huge how much of a difference that makes. Instead of being just the backs of the legs, by swaying to the side, we start to now address the sides of the legs too. Super cool. We wouldn't have felt that if we just stayed in the middle. Good. Let's go do a nice, smooth, and conscious scan through the center to the other side. Feel that. Wow. I'm so glad we swayed to the side. So that's an, another adjustment. By the way, none of this is taught traditionally. This is all born out of exploration and the freedom that unum yoga has cultivated over these the years of my teaching career just allowing myself to break the rules break out of the mold and i'm inviting you to do the same always don't wait for me so so we got bent legs straighter legs uh folding less folding more swaying right swaying swaying left what else we got this one's really cool the shift notice now that the, all of our focus is on the weight distribution on our feet Generally, it goes to some kind of version of equal dispersion front and back. But what if we give more to the front? Just let your heels get a little more light, <laughs> which means you're leaning forward a little bit. You know, don't go so far that you're going to, you know, tip, tip. But just all you need is just a, like a degree or two to feel a whole deepening and intensifying and, and perhaps even a changing in terms of the layers and depth of the tissues that you're actually accessing and penetrating. So uh, lean forward onto the front of the feet, feel that, and then do the opposite. Go back to the heels, let the balls of the feet get a little lighter. 
So I'm going to exaggerate the motion forward and back. This is It's a forward and back tilt motion that gives a, a kind of ability to scan into the surface and depths of our uh, backs of our legs. And of course, it's going to always affect the back to some degree too. Good. Been here for a while. Let's, let's gently draw ourselves to an upright position. But today, take as much time as you like. So I really invite you to really slow motion on this one. You know that you're going to be a standing eventually, but what you're interested in is really sightseeing uh, along the way. Your arms are just allowed to dangle, and there's no wrong way to do this. So like for me, like my knees are, I'm letting my knees bend a little bit. I'm trying to find a path of least resistance to a standing position, but in slow motion and really sightsee, feel every little nuance as we come to standing for the very first time today. Big deal. And eventually everything stacks in a, in a way that humans are designed to do effortlessly. So you're standing, and I just want you to just enjoy it. Just enjoy standing, simple standing. Hmm, the restfulness of it, the way that everything stacks so beautifully. What a design, these bodies. It's beautiful. The art, the art uh, and design and elegance of the human body, if we, again, stop taking it for granted <laughs> and really, really stand in that, that, that dignified posture that is unique to the, to the human form. That, that tall spine, that crown that floats upward, again, like with the, the hot air balloon quality. Let, you, let there be like a nice weightless lift to the top of your head. Meanwhile, your shoulders can relax. You know, the, the posture is, is uh, I, I call it triumphant because there's something about, about not being defeated by, the, by the, the many ways that we can be demoralized and discouraged and disheartened about life. But when we stand with that uprightness that's not that's not posturing you know you're not like you know stand up tall soldier not that kind of imposing it but embodying it from the inside that that you know i will not be shut down i will not be defeated i stand for for goodness in the world to take that posture but yet fully relaxed Good. Who knew standing could could offer so much in terms of just this rehab process that we're in? Good. Feel the earth past your feet. So many of us, you know, in our in, in the the default my, myopia of our everyday consciousness, which what gathers our attention to this very short area of of attention, both in time and in space. I want you to practice extending past. Feel into the earth. Yes, go all the way to the center of the earth. Feel the center of the earth. Your feet are not the ends of your body, but the windows through which you and the earth can communicate. Hmm. Feel the crown of your head, not underneath the ceiling, but beyond the ceiling. Ugh. This is all very important. For what we're about to do next, which again couldn't appear more simple and basic and yet is so powerful if you're really with it. Bring your hands to your hips. Nice natural place. And when we do that, 
the elbows typically go out naturally. If we just gently draw the elbows back and even towards each other just enough, a lot happens just there alone. You feel this expansion and spreading in the chest, which is key. Now, in preparation for what's next, we slightly, ever so slightly grip the toes on the earth just to get this feeling of sort of really plugging in to the ground. And then the legs firm up. Instead of having floppy legs, just firm them up a little bit for me. Not overkill, just firm them so they're like two strong tree trunks that could sway with the breeze but not break. And then gently pressing the pelvis forward. At first, we're going to keep the gaze towards the floor in front of us or maybe directly in front of you to just focus on this one motion of just gently pressing the pelvis forward. I'll go sideways for you so you can see the kind of shape that's being created, sort of a, a shallow crescent from the side view. <clears throat> and, and keep on offering that just to the point where first we're starting down low. We want to feel it in the hips. You want to feel it in that low spine. I'm saying low spine is on the, the backside of your, your, the lowest part of your abdomen where the sacrum and the pelvis meet the lowest part of the spine, the lumbar. So right in there. And then as you gently turn the gaze up more and more, this intensifies very quickly. So you want to be able to adjust it down low and up high with the head, shoulders, and hips. So I want you to Go into that back edge and try to get a nice uniform sense of lengthening in the front, compression without being too much in the back, and sink into those heels and let this just work on you. Just be a still witness, relaxed, fluid, but still. As the breath is allowed to pass through us with ease, unobstructed, if your body starts to tremor and shake to any degree, this can be a good sign. If it feels like too much, just ease off. I like to let my body rumble if it, if it wants to rumble. <sighs> Why? Because a, a huge amount of energy is being asked to flow through the body here. And we want to learn how to be able to let it pass through without either suppressing it or forcing it. Just be an open passageway, so to speak. Good. Now we're going to come back to a neutral stance without any kind of hurry. Remember, the inch is a mile, which means slow it down and feel it. Sightsee. Until everything stacks again, which means no muscles have to be active, which means everything can relax. Perfectly still now. I'm even going to shut up so you can just hear your body speak. Breathe. That posture is going to be working for hours, way after you've forgotten about it. It's powerful stuff, what we're doing here, especially the way that we're doing it, which is, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that quality over quantity inversion. Typically, we're oriented to quantity, right? More postures, more difficulty, you know, get more in, right? And, 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 and there really is an objective loss of the quality factor when we when we value quantity over quality. What we're doing is the inversion of that in a big way. So we're, we're really focusing on the quality. So one posture, 
Uh, just like uh, the Buddha and the Dhammapada speaks of the thousands, you know, for, for, for every one word spoken in the everyday thoughtless space, you know, for every thousands of those words, this one word spoken in the awakened sense, you know, so it's, 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 it's like a, a value conversion that we're, I want you guys to get. So you, we, may get, we, we may do less postures number-wise if you count them, but each posture is worth thousands, right? So just remembering that is very important so you don't feel like, you know, you're, you're not uh, feeling deficiency in any sort of way. Like, let's do more. I'll really let that go. So that last posture is still ringing, and it will for some time. Each one of these postures actually has far-reaching effects the way that we're doing it. This next one is no exception. As we start to sit into the earth, and by that I mean just simply let the knees bend. That's it. Just let the knees bend. Even a little bit here is going to immediately start to introduce a whole new energy into the practice that hasn't been there yet. We've had the standing energy with straight legs, which is its own unique quality. But as soon as we bring that bend into the knees, a new energy has now entered the body. In the spirit of just letting one droplet hit the water at a time, let's just feel that right now. Just let your arms be relaxed and, and just feel that. What is that? You can say, oh, well, my, my quadriceps are flexing and they're heating up. Like, don't, don't mechanicalize it experience it as energy right don't don't get stuck on the anatomy of the body the dissection the mental dissection of our bodies we, our bodies were never constructed to begin with as in pieced together one thing at a time so we should not meet them as though they're made of parts your body does not have parts we use we we superimpose that partitioning lens your body does not have parts so when we let go of that idea, then, oh, now I get it. Sensations are energy. Hmm. So start to play with that energy. Sitting into the earth, you know, if you, if you do it more, you'll get, oh, that's what it is. If you sit down deeper, it gets really hot, really hot down there. Of course, I'm exaggerating it right now just to show you. But to just be aware of the energy. So even if your knees are just slightly bent, you still have that same energy to a lesser degree. And then... For the upper body, I want to cross into Tai Chi land here, so to speak, which, you know, I was shown this technique years ago about called holding the ball. And it's a chi building um, technique in Tai Chi where you're, you're basically wrapping your arms around. Imagine like a, an invisible ball, maybe one of those bouncy uh, exercise balls. <laughs> and it's just a little bit too big for you to wrap your hands all the way around. It's about an inch or so between your fingers. But there's a, there's a nice uniform roundness. Look at my arms. They're not, not straight arms bent, not overly in either direction, but nice and circular. And you're holding that circular energy, but keeping the shoulders relaxed, letting this energy that has been building down low, don't keep it trapped in the legs. Let it rise like hot air. Hold this, breathe at this. Good. And it's so, so important to understand this is not something that's taking your energy which is our usual reaction to anything that becomes heated. We think, uh-oh, how long can I hold this? And we start counting the seconds. Instead, go the opposite with it. Think of this as charging you up. Mm. You know, we plug in our phones into the wall to get the electricity to fill up the battery. We're plugging into the earth. Plug into the earth and get that energy to, to come into the body without, without entrapping it. It's not stiff. You're not a container, but you're, you're holding it, harnessing it. Hmm, breathe, good. 
And then we're going to slowly let the legs straighten and the arms softly fall. That was a surprise to me. I didn't know that one was going to happen today. And we got a little more dose of heat. Breathe. <sighs> Good. It's kind of, it's kind of like tapping energy out of thin air. No joke. I mean, we're so, we're so used to thinking, oh, if I get some, if I'm going to get energy, I have to ingest it through my mouth. So I got to get the right food and the right supplements and all this stuff. And we, we forget we've got such energy available to us now. And it's like our bodies, each one of these postures is like another way of sort of tapping into it and get the nourishment out of thin air, so to speak. Not in a unilateral taking, but in a I and thou uh, co-exploration dialogue. You're having a dialogue with nature when you're moving your body. And we don't command nature the way that humans are so arrogantly uh, <laughs> conditioned to think. We have to we, think about how we have to bow to nature. Nature is all powerful. Even something as gentle as the breath. If you tried to stop yourself from breathing, guess, guess who wins? <laughs> you or nature right? So we have to remember that. It's super important. But man, have we been given such agency to be able to, to play with nature and explore with nature. And it's in that that we find the nourishment, that missing nourishment, that no supplement you could ever take through your mouth is ever going to um, replace or could ever replace. Good. So now that the, the last little bits of vibrations from that one are going out <sighs> into the field, we're going to go ahead and do one that I just, basically, I think of this one as just the pure embodiment of levity to, to the point of almost levitating. And it's very, very simple. We've, you know, we've gone in all these directions. We've gone, you know, forward, we've gone backward, we've got down. But one direction we haven't really gone is up. And so we're just going to do it in a very basic way. Just go up. Anything that can go up, let it go up. So essentially, that means the arms, they start to go up. And your heels leave the ground until as little of you is touching the floor as possible. This usually ends up being the, the balls of the feet and the toes. And I just want you to imagine that getting less and less. Of course, we can leave the ground if we jump. But I want you to imagine leaving the ground without jumping. <sighs> just, just feel. And again, it would have to be so light. You'd have to be so uh, imbued with such levity and lightness to perhaps even leave the ground one day. Who knows, maybe the reason no one's actually flown, maybe they have, I don't know, but most of us have never seen it, most of us never experienced it, because we all gave up too soon. <laughs> just, just imagine for a moment, just be, be like a child that hasn't been told you can't fly yet, and just really give it your, your whole heart and soul here. As you breathe. Good. And then, when, even though the heels are going to return to the ground, we're not going to lose a sense of that levity. The arms are going to fall back to our sides. And before we let anything else happen, I just want you to feel that buzz and that tingle. Wow. Good dose of vitamin L for levity coursing through your body. 
The knees are going to bend again, but this time with the intention of going all the way down. Our bodies being widely varied in terms of our uh, range of motion for hips and knees, I want you to really be kind to yourself. If you can drop directly into a full squat, go for that direction, but feel the journey, especially at the tail end when everything starts to open in the ankles, knees, and hips. Really awesome um, transition. If you need to come to the hands, that's totally cool. If you can't go to the heels, that's totally cool. If even this is too much and you can't do a standing squat, meaning on your feet, sit down like we were doing earlier and bring the feet, bend the knees, bring the feet to a point that does feel good and maybe use the, the container of your arms to hold yourself to the legs or even hands behind the back. Because even then you're getting some of that opening in the ankles, knees, and hips. So there's always a way to touch into the, to the area of any given pose, even if you can't do the, the traditional version. And just let gravity do the work. A revisitation real quick to this concept of Mula Bandha, which is very simple um, in terms of the physical activity. It's just basically engaging the pelvic floor muscles as you would with a Kegel exercise. And just engage that. It's basically the, just that muscle interlocking, interweaving of the muscles of the base of the pelvis and within the pelvis. For men, it's a little bit lower down at the actual floor. For women, a little higher up. And, and yet, they have the same uh, effect, if you will. Of, and when we engage this, and I'm not going to tell you what the effect is because it's much better to just experience it directly for yourself. Just engaging that pelvic floor muscle and then relax it and engage it, and relax it, and, and encounter it as an energetic change, not just a physical flexion, but an energetic change in your body. And just, I invite you at, in, in the coming practices to just keep that going, even throughout the day. I do it when I'm driving. I'll just remember, oh yeah, Mula Banda, and just bring that, bring that um, awareness in. It's amazing. <sighs> and we're going to take this guy. And we're just going to tilt it forward onto the hands. Oh, time is flying. And we got to get, we got to get uh, our hip openers in here. So I had some, I had some other plans, but um, since time is moving so quick, we're going to have to jump to pigeon pose now, which you can do from hands and knees. I'd, I'd invite you to do hands and knees if you're new to this. And then pyramid pose if you're feeling a little bit more. Uh, hungry for heat. Either way, whether you're on the, the, the feet or the knees, we're just going to go ahead and briefly pick up the left leg, send it to the sky with a nice big inhale, and then carefully slide it forward onto the shin, the side of the leg, and adjust that front leg according to what angle you would like to enter into that hip. So, so you know, it could be anything, it could be right above that leg or if you want to bring that foot out from underneath you, you can do that too. Explore what feels right. We don't want it to be too intense to start because we want to be able to melt down on top of it. So that back leg is straight behind us. The arms are pressing down and we're lengthening up and letting the breath flood into the whole body like water pouring in and water pouring out as we gently come down. Maybe to the elbows, maybe not. Maybe you need, want to stay on the hands. Maybe even some all the way to the forehead. And the idea here is that it allows us a way to go into this 
aspect of the body that for many, many people is overly tight, overly tense, never gets to breathe. People with sciatica issues and um, all kinds of discomfort in the legs, restless leg, things like that. This will be wonderful for that. And you're just, ah, not too much, not too little. And maybe even close the eyes, experience your body again, not as five foot tall and this many inches and this hundred and this many pounds or whatever, you know, just try to let go of all of those, those overlays, those uh, the grid work of measurements and size and all that. Try to let that all go for a moment and just be, just have the whole universe inside you. Just be big. Because in a sense, the whole universe is inside you. Not, not in the sense of a con contained inside of you, but you have access to it all. The body, again, when we understand that everything that is, is in relationship to everything else. The co-arising of, of all things. And, the, and that level of individuality that is both distinct and yet uh, in union with, with everything. We have a hard time handling that. We think in order to be different, we have to be separate different. And we can't seem to think, okay, if we're the same, then I have to get rid of my differences. No, there's a, there's a deeper sameness. There's a deeper union. There's a deeper communion with the field around us that is in fact the case no matter how, how asleep we are to it. You're never not connected to everything. But what is it about humans that has separated us from being able to feel that, live that? Because that's where happiness is. That's what we were looking for. All the things we thought we were looking for were all spinoffs of having forgotten our connection with the, the field. That's what we're missing. And that's what we keep on. You try to put that on a partner, let's say, like try to find your, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend and they're going to you're going to make me feel love. You're going to make me feel this. And it, what happens always in these relationships, the codependencies take over and there's breakdowns and unrequited love and you know, all, the, all the issues. Well, it's not because you're, you can't hack the love. You can't hack relationship. It's because it's starting from the foundation that is inherently dysfunctional. We've got to put first first. And then all these, so much of what we're looking for and what we're trying to fill that void with is because we forgot right here, right now, you forgot your supremely satisfying and fulfilling relationship with all within you and without you and around you. We're cut off from that. And so it's kind of like we're withering on the vine without knowing it. And that's where the desires are born from. And, and, and it's faulty thinking. It's bad medicine. We're trying to heal the condition that can't be healed by anything, by grabbing onto anything out there in any way, shape, or form. That's why yoga and Zen and all these great wisdom teachings are all some, some form of die before you die, some deep teaching of letting go, some deep form of surrender. Why? Because we, it, we're so used to, we're so committed to the bad medicine. <laughs> it's, it's hard to let that go. So let, that, let all those ideas go. Dare, dare to think that everything you've been searching for is right here fully available. It's just not what she thought. <laughs> it's just not what she thought. It's like just a second happiness. Stop, stop bothering me happiness in this now moment. I'm busy trying to get to happiness. <laughs> and happiness is knocking on our door. Fulfillment is knocking on our door. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm right here. All right, fine. Have at it kids. You know, keep on with your frantic search. But when you're, when you get tired of that, I'm right here.
That's what yoga is meant to, to teach us. So we're going to ease back and give some of that medicine to the other hip. You're going to come back to hands and knees or hands and feet if you prefer that. S feeling and a well aware that, that that left hip is still ringing and singing. We're going to send that right leg up and back and carefully, consciously slide it forward onto the shin, side of the leg. A moment to lengthen on up. Let the breath pour in. Let the breath pour out. And with care, don't barge in. Never barge in. There's two ways, as I said in the last class, there's two ways of saying my body. If you say my body in the ego way, and you take your body to be a possession, such as an object that is yours to do with as you please, then you are actually denying yourself access to the body. So in other words, a naive sense of ownership is actually, which is the default mode, my body. It's my body. I can do what I want. Oh, sorry. No, you can't barge in to the magic that, that awaits within the body. We have to, we have to go with humility and honor and respect. Yes, it is your body, but in a deeper sense, in the sense that you've been given this incredible opportunity and blessing to be in an intimate relationship with nature, which, as we have said, is beyond our control. As much as we like to think we can make it submit to our ego will, we can't. You might be able to bust down the front doors of the of the sacred temple, but that doesn't mean you made it into sacred space. Good. To wrap up today, since we are Coming up on the, the hour and a half mark here, I'm going to just say back away nice and easy, as always, with awareness, with gentleness. Topple onto that right hip so as to swing that left leg around. I want to invite you to take, take your time after, after we wrap up here um, to Shavasana, meaning you lie down on your back and, and just completely let go. And if you, and if you can afford to time-wise, just take as much time for that because it is amazing the kind of reset that that, that provides us when we um, just like sleeping at night, you know, but in a more compressed sense, the Shavasana, uh, after, after all of this activity, after all of this deep exploration and feeling, it's almost um, an insult <laughs> to, your, to, your, to your body and to what, uh, everything you've just done and, and opened up to just go right on to the next thing. So I please please take some time, if you can, to just be still, to sit in silence, to sit in stillness, or to lie down even better and just let go. Even if you fall asleep, it's a really good way of integrating and resetting and so that everything we've just opened up doesn't just, you know, get sort of shuffled away again, but we keep it at the forefront 
Because the real point of this is not to provide an hour and a half break from, from the uh, otherwise hectic life and then to go back to that hectic life. But it really is to break the hectic, the hectic life because the hectic life is generated in our, in our thinking habits. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's always yoga in that sense. In other words, stay present. Actualize the moment in every, everything you do. We all forget. Of course we do. We go into autopilot. It's not like some perfection or standard that you're trying to reach. It's just, it's what a, what a beautiful practice. That's really what it is. And it just keeps on getting better and better as the more you remember it, the more, the, the better you become at sustaining life in the zone. <clears throat> so thank you so much for slowing down with me today, which is to say, speeding up our evolution <laughs> please stay in the awareness of your breath of gravity and of the blessing of this this existence we're all sharing here and i, I wish you all well i'll see you on saturday when we kick up the heat a little bit namaste